Welcome to episode number 211. You are listening to the Pioneering Today podcast with me, your host, Melissa K. Norris, where we're all about living homegrown and handmade, modern homesteading to raise, preserve, and cook your own organic food, no matter where you live. And today's topic, we're getting back to the kitchen. We have had quite a few episodes lately. Some have been a little bit kitchenish when we were talking about maple syrup, but a lot of them have been very garden focused. But that's because if you are a gardener and or a modern homesteader, you know that a lot of our life is very seasonal and the garden plays a huge part of that. Now, I'm still in the kitchen because let's be real, we're going to be eating no matter what the season is. And so I'm still in the kitchen 365 days a year. But I do tend to do a lot more baking and probably more things in the kitchen. I would say overall, once we get past the height of the summer garden and preserving, I'm in the kitchen, obviously, during the preserving part, but not quite in the same way, once we move into fall. So for me, my sourdough starter kind of goes on hiatus in the fridge, and I don't do a lot of bread baking, either with the sourdough or regular yeast until we hit those cooler fall months when the majority of my preserving is done and the garden's kind of put to rest except for the fall winter crops. And I'm guessing you may be a lot like me in those regards. But hopefully, you're getting back into bread baking if you put it off for a while. Maybe you've not done homemade bread before and you're excited to dive into it. Or perhaps you have done homemade bread, but you're like, I really could up my bread baking skills and game just a little bit, then either way, I think that today's episode will really help you. Now, specifically, I'm going to be talking about having bread that's not rising quite as much as you would like and could be crumbly when you cut it because that is a major frustration when you don't get the rise that you want because we want it to have that nice That's kind of one of the things about bread baking. No matter if you are doing a loaf, so baking it in a bread pan, so it's a loaf, or if you're doing the more artisan ones, we all want that nice lift and rise on our loaves of bread so that we have that great texture and it's not hard or flat or sunken. The other thing that we want is, especially with a sandwich bread, you want to have a really good crumb texture. So you don't want it to be super dry. You don't want it to be really crumbly. You want it to be soft, but too soft. So we have a lot of things that we want out of our bread and we can get them, I promise. So today's question actually was one of the Pioneering Today Academy members from our homemade bread baking series. And her loaf specifically was sourdough. So she just started baking with sourdough. It was her second loaf and she had this question. So this can pertain to sourdough, but honestly, these tips are going to be regardless if you're using sourdough as your natural leavening agent or if you're using store-bought yeast. And so her question was, the bread has started to rise better. Yay. We'll touch on that. But now her issue is that it's crumbly. So with her first loaf, she didn't have quite the rise that she wanted on it. And with sourdough, you it can be a little bit trickier even getting that rise just right than when you're used to using or you've only been using regular yeast to leaven your bread. Now, the reason it's a little bit trickier with sourdough is because sourdough, you have to be able, this is going to sound so funny, but you have to be able to read the sourdough starter and use it when it's beginning its active state 
in order to get a good rise on the bread. Now, the starter itself does have to be strong enough in order to rise bread without adding in any additional store-bought yeast. So your sourdough starter needs to be usually at least four weeks old if you started it from scratch before you use it to try to bake any bread. Now, if you don't have a sourdough starter and you want to get in on it, which you do, you totally do, or maybe you've had a sourdough starter and you've had like eh, kind of so-so results with it before or it totally went bad, I have got a complete free sourdough starter training series that walks you through step-by-step creating your own from scratch sourdough starter, keeping it healthy, and you can do it with any flour, including gluten-free. Now, I do share if you go the gluten-free route, you can't do it with any gluten-free flour. It has to be specific ones. But I share how you can do it with regular just store-bought flour, fresh ground, ancient grain, including gluten-free, and make your own starter. So I'll have that link in the resource section and the blog post. You can go to melissacanorris.com forward slash sourdough and get yourself signed up for that free training. You'll start immediately. And I know you will find it really helpful. I have helped many hundreds of people have went through it from those who, like I said, have never done it before and successfully came out the other side, had an awesome sourdough starter and are now sourdough baking pros. Or they'd had it in the past and it hadn't turned out so well. They went through it and realized, oh my goodness, okay, that's where things were going wrong. So I highly suggest you go and get signed up for that. But let's get back to the question at hand. So the sourdough starter, in order to get a good rise, needs to be strong enough. And then it needs to be in its active state So once it has been fed and it is starting to rise, once it's risen about 30% is when I start to make up my bread dough. So if it is completely doubled by the time you actually start your dough, sometimes it's actually went past the point of being active and it's starting to come on its way back down. And the reason it needs to be in its active state is so that your culture and all those good little yeast and bacteria in there are consuming the food, they're waking up and they're going for it and they're consuming their food so that you get that good rise on your bread. The other part of the rise is making sure that it's the right temperature in your home so that it can actually rise up and then making sure that you have put it in the oven and started to bake it kind of like Goldilocks. I've been using that term a lot lately, but you don't want it to be overproofed or underproofed. There's like that just right stage. But there's a couple more things that have... So that has to do with your rise. And you'll know if it ever looked like it rose beautifully and then you put it in the oven and baked it. And when you pulled it out, it had like sunken and dropped in the middle and like has that flat sunken top. And you're like, what? It's usually a sign the dough is overproofed. So taking those things into consideration to improve your rise. Now let's talk about the texture. So if you don't want it to be crumbly, you want it to be a perfectly great sliceable sandwich loaf. So the first thing with crumbs, if you're having a lot of crumbs, is we need to make sure that the gluten strands were developed sufficiently. And the easiest way to know that is if you achieved window pane when you were kneading your dough and getting ready to form your loaf. If you achieved window pane, then we're going to move on to the next tip. If you didn't check and you didn't achieve window pane, then you needed to knead it longer until you achieved window pane. And that's when you know that those gluten strands are sufficiently developed in order to hold up and have a great bread and texture. Now, the next thing you're like, okay, well, I got window pane, like was needed. That part was perfect. Okay, great. But it was still crumbly. Then could have been a little bit too dry. 
And in that instance, I would add a little bit more fat. My favorite fat in bread is melted butter. Now, if you are dairy-free, coconut oil works great as well. You can use olive oil and that. But I really love the flavor that melted butter provides and that little bit of extra richness to the bread. And if it was too crumbly, you might just need to increase the fat just a little bit. And so that's my first step is I would add like a tablespoon more of your fat source for the recipe. Mine's always going to be melted butter. Now, the next likely culprit, if you've done that, is like I mentioned earlier, and this has to do with rice too, but can also be with the crumbly texture, is if it was overproofed. And that simply means that it rose too much on that second rise. And then this is often a big culprit and people don't realize it. And that is if you did not let that loaf cool after you pulled it out of the oven all the way. And for usually for a loaf, that is at least an hour before you cut into it, at least an hour. If it's some of those artisan loaves or a bigger loaf, that type of thing, it's two hours. So you really need to, I know, and it's so hard because when you pull it out warm and you slather it with butter and it's sitting there and you can smell it and oh, warm, fresh bread, like there's nothing like it, right? It can be so hard to wait to cut into that. But honestly, if you want to see an improved crumb texture and you're cutting into it too soon, just wait, let it cool longer. Also, if you get in the very center of a loaf and you notice it's really gummy, a lot are underbaked. Well, sometimes it could be you do need to increase your bake time. But if you're cutting into that bad boy right away, like it's only been out of the oven 10, 15, even 30 minutes, that can actually be the reason it's gummy because it's cooling off and it's still baking in the center. And if you cut it too soon, you're letting all the steam and the heat release. And in the very center, sometimes that's why some of your loaves will be gummy, especially true with artisan loaves. And those are the free-formed, like the round boulets that we're baking a lot of times in Dutch ovens. But you can also bake them on like a, a stone or even a cookie sheet and that type of thing too. But really key, more than a lot of people realize, is letting that bread loaf cool completely. So I hope that you enjoyed kind of this fast and furious tips there on your bread baking and that it helps you. And if you need more help, or like I said, you want to dive into more sourdough bread baking or fresh ground flour, ancient grains, or even doing gluten-free, I do have the free sourdough series, but I have a complete homemade bread baking e-course that you can get And it has access to all of my bread recipes, including sandwich bread, sourdough bread, sourdough desserts, and then my pastry baking with fresh ground flour and pastry lessons, including flaky pie crust, homemade croissants that are to die for. And they are not as hard as you think, I promise. I break it all down to you super easy. All of my recipes, all of my troubleshooting using fresh ground flour, ancient grains, how to adjust for those different flowers. You're going to love it. So you can check out that full class and see all that's included at melissaknorris.com forward slash bread class. And if you have more questions about homemade bread and or sourdough, please do let me know. I would love to do some more episodes on this topic and some more cooking, baking, kitchen, you know, all the fun stuff we're doing as we roll into fall and winter. So let me know. You can leave me a review on this episode and let me know in that area of the review 
or you can do a comment beneath the blog post. So to check out all the links and to see this in written form, you can always go to melissaknorris.com forward slash 211, the number 211, because this is episode number 211. And let me know in the comment section there or shoot me an email. And I hope to see you in the free sourdough series, if not the full bread class, because there's some great information in there that can help you not only create amazing sourdough products, but also can be very beneficial to your health when you fully understand all of the wonderful benefits that a cultured food has for you. Okay, I'll talk to you on Friday. 